You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. It is absolutely popping off. Do you know what we call that sometimes? Dick High Fun Balls. And Anthony Rinaldi. I'm going to say something crazy. How about peeing like a dog? Oh, at the buzzer. Oh, he missed it. Oh, oh, gee. The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls podcast. Friday morning dab number 10. I am your host, Andrew Romanella. And on the phone with me this morning is my man, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing good, Anthony, and it's different because all day, every day, when you and I are communicating, we talk a lot about the quote-unquote four major sports in America, but today, I want to get it started off a little different because the FIFA World Cup got kicked off yesterday in Russia, and the U.S. national team is not in the World Cup. Now, I would call both you and I novice soccer fans at best or football fans if we wanted football. to say it, if we want to say it the appropriate way. But does the US men's national team not being in the World Cup this year kind of hurt your interest in watching the World Cup moving forward? I believe that we will win. Uh, Andrew, it's devastating not to have the United States and my country of Italy in the World Cup this year, Andrew. What am I going to watch? Who am I rooting for in this World Cup? It comes, I mean, I want to say, even though the USA still isn't involved, the fact that it comes around every four years kind of gives you that little bit of, you know, it's still an elusive trophy. So there's still reason to watch it because, like I said, it only comes around four years. A team, a country can only host the World Cup only every four years. So I am intrigued. Uh, I didn't watch yesterday's game, Russia, Saudi Arabia, five nothing blowout, kind of expected. But at this point, you know, there's it's kind of like the NBA, Andrew. There's like four or five powerhouse teams and the rest have no shot. Well, yeah, and, and you're 100 percent right on that, because the, every four years that it comes around, since it is such a spectacle every four years, this is the time when I think on the fence, soccer fans and the common person that enjoys watching soccer on the national stage, but maybe doesn't enjoy watching it as much in the leagues or in the MLS or whatever you might watch for your regularly programmed soccer when it's not the World Cup. So for me, soccer has been a sport that's gaining a lot of traction in the United States. I was reading a really good article on Forbes the other day about how even though it was a small percentage of a jump in the United States last year out of the Four major sports plus soccer, so that's football, basketball, hockey, baseball, and then soccer being the fifth. Soccer was the only sport to have a percentage spike up in spectators over the course of the four-year period from the last World Cup to this World Cup. And even though it's a, it, it was about a three percentage of, a, of an increase, it's still among adults about 18 to 34 years old. So if you look at that and say the popularity of sports moving forward is going to be in that category, and you see soccer as one of five sports that actually gets more viewership over the course of a four-year span rather than less, the question that arises from that is, can that be sustained 
now that A, our men's team isn't in the World Cup, but B, since they're not, we also received news that the U.S., Mexico, and Canada will host the 2026 World Cup. So does that kind of offset, or in reality, Ant, do you really even think it matters? Well, I can tell you, eight years away, how old do I be? Oh, geez, I'll be over the 40 mark by that point, Andrew. But listen, I'm excited for the 2026. The final game will be at MetLife Stadium right in our backyard. I mean, That's, that's awesome. That's pretty huge for our area. I mean, traffic's going to be brutal. Typically is around that area anyway. But, I mean, just the fact that you're probably going to have some of the – you're going to have the world's best players in your backyard playing soccer. I think, you know, this this, this is also a great debate we could have on a Friday future dab, Andrew, is, I mean, how come – I feel like the United States has leaps and bounds, you know, over the rest of the world in athletics when it comes to every other sport but soccer. I feel like for some reason we just do not produce – that quality player. I know we have a stud right now. He's playing over in Germany. I'll grab his name in a minute. Um, you know, he's, I think he's 18 or 19 now. So he'll be right in his prime come those 2026 world, that world cup here. And, and Andrew, here's a question for you. Since the home, since the home country gets an automatic bid, does that mean all three of us get a bid? Well, and, and that, or that, do we got to fight it out like uh, gladiator style. Yeah, that would be actually pretty enjoyable to watch if like the home country, the host countries, because this is the first time in World Cup history that it's going to be a, a combo between three countries hosting the World Cup. Now, to your point, the United States is the main host. That's why the championship is going to be on United States soil. But they're calling it a North American bid between the three countries. I think because the World Cup expands from 32 to 48 teams in that 2026 World Cup, I think they're going to give all three countries the bit the host a bid into the world cup. Now, the reason why I say that is simply just because I don't think you're going to get, this is going to start being a common trend. Now I feel if, if this, if us, Mexico and Canada just won this bid, I think it becomes a common theme for countries moving forward that don't have the financial means. Cause that's part of the issue here. I mean, you look at Russia in this world cup, there've been so many issues just getting ready for this world cup between Russia being fine because they didn't handle racism appropriately in terms of getting ready for the World Cup and Russia not having stadiums that are appropriately built or appropriately ready that can house the amount of traffic they're going to get for these games, whatever the case may be. So I do think they get the bid. To go back to your original point about why it's not as popular in the U.S. and why we're not getting the best athletes, I think that's just one simple answer. It's because the best professional Soccer league or football league, depending on where you're listening to this, is not in the United States of America. In all other four professional sports, in football, basketball, hockey, and baseball, the best players in the world come to United States soil to play in the best league in the world. It's the exact opposite in soccer. The best players in the world leave the country to go play in the best leagues in the world. And I think that's what changes for that sport compared to the others. I mean, listen, we can't find 11 dudes who are athletic as, as, as all hell. Go out and play some soccer. Well, think about I this, Ant. But if, think if about this. Over, Andrew, if they're playing overseas in those good leagues, like the Bundesliga, the English Premier League, the Serie A, for those Italian fans, I mean, if they're playing in these leagues, why? I mean, how come they can't come, collectively come together every four years as the as, as a United States? You know, we had Josie Altador. We had that, uh, that young speedster. 
You could go down the list of guys that are, you know, if you want to think about guys, Clinton Dempsey, Tim Howard in goal, you can think about all these guys that had moved the baton forward for the men's national team. I mean, think about it. If I'm, if I remember correctly, I believe it was the 2008 World Cup where Landon Donovan scored the goal in extra time in the first round of, of the knockout round. And it was like the biggest goal in U.S. soccer history because the men's team was able to move on into the knockout stages. And you thought that U.S. men's soccer took a step up there. Now, let's let's put it on the table, okay? Neither you or I are, are soccer experts. We know that. But the reason why I think it's fun to talk to you about this is because we just spent the full hockey season getting you more involved in liking hockey. So... I agree with you. Why can't we find 11 guys if they're playing in these leagues? Well, if you think about it, Anthony, our women's national team is, is the current. Dirty, Andrew. They're yeah. dirty. I love they're, it. They're the current reigning women's uh, World Cup champion, correct? Okay. Correct. Correct. Does, our, does the USA have a self-sustaining professional women's soccer league? I mean, not that so, I'm aware of. Okay. I'm sure they play <laughs> soccer somewhere. And that's my point is we have the talent clearly something on the men's side compared to the women's side now i get it we are probably ahead of the curve in terms of at, at training athletes and 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 in women's sports especially although i i mean women's basketball across overseas is a, a different animal but that's another conversation my point being is if our women's national team has found a way to not have a major self-sustaining league in the united states of america but be the best team in the world then there's no reason why our men's team can't i agree i just think it's not only lack of funding or i don't know what have you you know like the mls like ever since i was a kid everyone's been telling me soccer's on the rise in the united states soccer's on the rise you know, we still we started getting those older stars. David Beckham came over. You saw the uh, we have now Slatan Ibrahimovic. He's come over. I know we uh, the the Red Bulls had Thierry Henry, the Frenchman. He came over. So you, you see some of these older guys who are coming to the MLS. I, I guess we're paying them an, an ungodly amount of money to, to 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 jump over from Europe to the to the, the MLS league. I can't say I sit on ESPN. And watch uh, the Minnesota FC versus uh, New York FC, Andrew, on a fr- on a Thursday night. But I mean, I th- I feel like with football and the amount of injuries and the concern parents are having, I think it's our generation of of you know people who are getting married, having kids, young kids. You may see them may go towards soccer if it continues to rise. Like you said, the attendance is rising. If there becomes a little bit more of a national play, you know, America gets better. You may see some of these kids not playing football anymore and actually go and play uh, uh, soccer on the pitch, Andrew. And Seattle FC is really helping, I think. And LA Galaxy as well, the team in Kansas City, they're helping push that forward. Because, I mean, seriously, I've heard that one of the best sporting events in the, in the country to go to is up in Seattle when, when Seattle Sounders have a home game in the MLS. I mean, one, they're one of the best teams in the league, but two, apparently that fan base is absurd. And I think that's the biggest thing. And this is the last thing on the World Cup before we move forward. The biggest thing for me going into this World Cup now without the U.S. men's national team being in it, to your point earlier, Italy's not in it, so it's like your secondary team isn't there as well. So obviously there's no rooting interest here from a team standpoint. So for me, I'm going into this World Cup saying, what can, what can I find out about the sport of soccer 
that A, I didn't know already, that B, piques my interest a little bit more. That makes me want to watch it a little bit more when in a month, five weeks, six weeks from now, and the World Cup is over, and we have another two years till the women and four till the men, I'm still intrigued in the sport. I'm intrigued, Andrew. A lot of good storylines. You know, I'm going to throw some bananas around. Watch me some soccer. It's going to be a good day. All right, real quick before we go. If you're putting your bananas on somebody that isn't the two teams that aren't in it that you normally love, who's it, who's it, who's it going to be? Give me the back. Give me the. I'm, I may go a little Golden State Warrior back to back threat. Oh, bananas on Germany! Wow, they're, they're always a quality squad. Got to got to get up to Spain, but listen, they just fired their coach two days before the tournament, so that's an interesting play. Crazy they're a powerhouse, and uh, got to go with the the ladies with the big booties, man. The Brazilians, they play some good ass soccer, buddy. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, yeah, and. and- those three, but the, the, the fourth one I don't want you to leave off the table is Portugal. And that's a or team. France or France or no, France. No. That's that. I mean, because if you think about but that's Portugal, basically chalk. Let's be real. That's basically the chalk of the tournament. That's true, and and that was your point earlier about it being like basketball. But the crazy, the, the tough part about it for for Portugal is they have to be in Group B with Spain, and they have to play each other in their first matchup. I believe that's today. Actually, um, it's either a ten o'clock or a one o'clock start. And the other one, it is a one o'clock start. Is Germany who? This might not seem on paper like that scary of a match, but they got to play Mexico, and Sweden and South Korea in their in their group as well. So really, Germany's taking that group away, hands down, bottom line. For me, I kind of looked at all those factors, but in the end, I'm staying with Brazil. I think for me, I'm going with Brazil. They're, they're in a really easy group, Switzerland, Costa Rica, Serbia. Uh, that, that that doesn't look too scary for me, and for some reason. I just feel like we always talk about Brazil, Anthony, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I haven't watched them win a World Cup yet. And yeah, no, they're like the uh, – what's that? I mean, uh, I like, like the Cleveland, the, like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, that's a good – They're, they're going to be there every single year. One of the – well, it's, it's tough. Like, who, I say the best player is probably Messi. He's in Argentina, so you can't say he's the LeBron All the Argentina is kind of like the Cavaliers too, you could say. I was yeah, just about to say. Uh, yeah. But not the best set of uh, supporting cast, and you know Messi can only carry a soccer team. Somebody's can only carry ten guys. He's actually so he's double LeBron because he's carrying ten guys. Yeah, LeBron's only carrying four. And, carrying and, he, and he's not even allowed to run on the full soccer field. <laughs> if he's playing a certain position, he can't even use the whole field. <laughs> he can't play defense. You know yeah, what I'm we, saying? We have we have gone awry, Andrew. We have gone awry, but that's okay because that means we're locked in on a Friday morning dab. So. The World Cup, tune in. Uh, the, it really gets started today. Yesterday was the first game for Russia. Um, I think as, as we locked it in, there's probably about six solid teams to watch. And it's going to be a fun World Cup, even though the rooting interest for the men's national team uh, and obviously for Italy, for Anthony and I, are not in it. We'll keep those World Cup updates going. There's going to be uh, something posted on the website next week. A little bit of an article about the popularity of soccer growing in the United States, just so you can get a good read on that. So check out DAABpodcast.com. And, of course, follow along on the social medias. It's at Balls on Twitter and on Instagram. We have a Facebook page rocking as well. And then, of course, iTunes, Podbean, Anchor, wherever you subscribe to your Balls podcast. Listen on any site. So, obviously... The soccer's going on, the football, 
as we like to call it, because uh, that's the real way it's supposed to be said. Yeah, everywhere but here, Andrew. Is, is going on right now. And another type of football is going on as well, and that's mini camp in the NFL. And you have been itching to get a little bit of football conversation back into the podcast. Anthony, we're at mini camp, and it seems to me like every time I turn around, your New York Giants are in the headlines. I mean, Andrew, not to sidetrack us some more, but we started this podcast many moons ago, I think right, right around the Super Bowl, right? Yes, sir. So this, we're coming up on our first full football season. Going to have a lot of interesting stuff coming your way, folks. So I'm going to say subscribe now. Save yourself the drama. But you're right, Andrew. My Giants, what are we doing? Snacks Harrison, we're swinging helmets at each other. We're not even in pads yet, boys. Almost rolled up our most expensive guard in the league. If he would have blown out a knee, I, I, Andrew, I would have marched myself down to Quest Diagnostic Field, whatever it's called over there, and I would have beat down some New York Giant football players. Yeah, that's the truth. That's just, that's just not a smart move. And when you're thinking about how you're already dealing with drama of Flowers moving positions, however, it does seem like in the last few weeks he's very susceptible to moving to the right side of the line. You're talking about Odell Beckham Jr., who just got cleared to practice Landon Collins who just got cleared to practice Odell is set to make 8.5 this year is should they pay him should they wait what should happen should he be traded there's a lot going on at Giants camp right now and that stupid petty stuff in mini camp come on man it's June what are we doing but that's the least important of their worries right now because you know what I don't care what you tell me, handling the Odell Beckham situation now and moving forward is going to be one of the main differences as to why or why not the Giants are good in 2009, uh, 2018. Excuse me. I mean, listen, Andrew, I don't have much expectations for the squad. I know we drafted the stud running back and, you know, we, we made some moves. I, I, this division's tough. Obviously, defending champs, the Eagles are there. They return, I think, everybody except for one player from their Super Bowl team. The Cowboys are always a threat, even though, you know, they're kind of – and they just paid Zach Martin. And you see an interesting kind of like, – Andrew, do you think it's a problem the NFL has right now with their between the CBA and the players? Because you see a lot of guys holding out. And, I mean, it's a lot of guys on their last year contract. You see the random Julio Jones, who I guess feels slighted, only getting $47 million guaranteed. And I say that, you know, in air quotes, 47 million guaranteed. Like, that's something to sneeze at. But, you know, he wants to get paid again like, a, like the highest paid player. And you ask me, do the Giants pay Odell? I mean, listen, from what I remember of all the Super Bowl, national, Super Bowl champs and the games we played, Andrew, we did not have a stud wideout leading us in that field. We had other role players in that position and in other positions where I feel like since we're paying our quarterback a, a, a lot of an ungodly amount, if we pay Odell and we pay Nate Solder, I mean, we're just, we are, we, we aren't maximizing our cap potential. I feel like, but we, I think, I feel like Odell is a, is a talent that you can't waste and you can't let him go on the free market. Well, and, and so then trading in football is not something that we've necessarily seen a lot of, a lot of, excuse me, over the course of time. So with that being said, is this one of those scenarios where you, you are the Giants and say, hey, I know this isn't really you know, par for the course here, but we should really trade this guy because he's making $8.5 million this year. 
He's a top three wide receiver in the league. He wants top one money player-wise in the league, not just wide receiver-wise in comparison. We're going to get a lot back for this guy. Maybe this is the move to make, but and that's something that doesn't happen often in football. So if, if you're playing GM now for the Giants, I'm not going to put you on the spot and tell me what players and what exact team, but are you doing it now in the offseason? Are you waiting eight games until the trade deadline? Or are you simply just saying, we're all in. Eli's got about two years left. Let's just let Odell play out this contract. Let's just try and figure it out in the offseason next year. Let's try and win with Saquon Barkley and move from there. I think your last comment right there just solidified my GM's status. If I'm Dave Yettleman, and hopefully he's getting all the treatment he needs right now, a little sad note, he, yep. does have, he was diagnosed with something, I think lymphoma, uh, but, you know, he's, he's a strong guy. He's going to fight it. He's going he's gonna to do everything he can to run the organization the way he needs to, so it shouldn't affect him. But I think we sign Odell to a three-year deal and guarantee a shitload of money. Make him happy, guarantee the money, and like you said, give a, this window is maybe two to three years you know, wide open, I think. I feel like with the squad you got, you shore up the defense a little more. You have the weapons. You hope Eli is what, you know, he's supposed, what he could be. Look, he was in 07 and 2011. And we've all the dice. You know, you sign him to two, three years. You don't give him these crazy five, six-year deals where you're kicking yourself at the latter end of the deal. No, Albert Hainsworth deal. But as in football, you know, you, you can cut a player at any time if, if he's underperforming. So a long-term contract might not be detrimental, but, you know, give him three years. I'd give him three years, 60 million guaranteed, full contract guaranteed, 20 million a year guaranteed. Well, you're looking at it and saying that's probably a smart move because, I mean, Antonio Brown's on a four-year, $68 million contract right now, which is about 17 million a year over the course of four. So Is that 68 guaranteed? Uh, it's, I'm looking into it right now. Right. I, I'm guessing no. I mean, let's be serious. It's the NFL. He probably got like 40 or 45 guaranteed. That would be my guess is he's, he's in the forties in terms of guaranteed money, but, but you know what? You're not going to guarantee the whole thing. That's just how, that's how it works. I mean, that's just absolutely how it works. And AJ green, before you go on with that point, cause I want to, I want to give you the credit that you're right on the same page. AJ green is currently on a four year, $60 million deal. And the Julio Jones contract was a five-year, $71.3 million deal. So I think you're absolutely right in the ballpark. Yeah, so Odell wants to be the highest-paid player. Just guarantee the most money. What, what did Kirk Cousins guarantee? Like 90 or something like that? Or 80-something something crazy? I forgot what he signed. But you'll see. It's just the, it's, it's just the timing. Like Everyone's going to get paid. Like You see, Matthew Stafford was, once was the highest-paid quarterback. Did he deserve that? No. But at the time, his contract was being negotiated. The, the Lions wanted to lock him down, so they made him the highest paid. Then you, you see Kirk Cousins get it. We know Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady deserve that kind of money. And you know what's Aaron Rodgers going to get from the Green Bay Packers? Well, and and Kirk Cousins' contract is fully guaranteed. He's the first oh. one, so yeah, three years, eighty-four million, fully guaranteed for Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota. See, I, I don't see the I don't see the Giants giving him giving Odell anywhere near that guaranteed. But I oh. give him sixty guaranteed. Why not? So you'll go 360 flat out, guarantee the whole thing, let it go from there. See, yeah, play it out the next three years, see where Eli is, see where Davis Webb, if you have the backup, because, you know, clearly you swung and missed on it. You didn't like any of the quarterbacks at the top. I mean, we drafted Kyle Oletta, but you know the Giants and Saquon are going to be linked to Sam Darnold and the Jets, Andrew, just because he went 
right after that. And he's killing it in training camp. That, and that was the next thing on my mind as you said that is the biggest debate of this whole draft that happened in April was the fact that the, the Cleveland Browns gift-wrapped the New York Giants, the three guys that were considered going into the draft, going into the year, whatever it was, the best three quarterbacks available, gift-wrapped them by taking Baker Mayfield. Now, I'm a huge Baker guy. I love Baker. Should he be the number one overall pick? Maybe, maybe not. At the end of the day, they gift wrapped the Giants an opportunity to choose any of the three quarterbacks that most teams wanted. And the Giants went Saquon Barkley. Do you blame them? Maybe, maybe not. He's the best athlete in the draft. He's going to have the most upside right this second. But Sam Darnold looks really good for the Jets. Now, I put no stock in minicamp. There's no pads on. No one's going 100%. But if you think about it, two years ago in minicamp, we heard about Christian Hackenberg only throwing the ball to the defense. So at least there's that positive that he looks like a pro in camp right now for the Jets. Oh, you mean the latest pick, free agent pickup from the New England Patriots, Christian Hackenberg? Christian Hackenberg going to the Patriots to be... Typical, typical Bill Belichick. He's just going to... Get some practice brain about. He's going to pick his brain about all the, all the Jets plays that, he's, that he learned from the new playbook. But you're right. You can't put too much stock in minicamp. You see a lot of moving parts. You try out a lot of things. I feel like with when there's no pads on, guys aren't really going 100% unless you're Snacks Harrison going after the rookie. <laughs> Apparently, he said something that wasn't nice, and Snacks Harrison didn't appreciate it. You saw the Jets. I think they fined or they yelled at or did something to Leonard Williams because he strip-sacked Teddy Bridgewater in practice yesterday, and obviously you're concerned. They say Teddy Bridgewater is looking like he may be the number one starter this year coming out the gate which might be an interesting play because I thought that was maybe one of the under uh, under the radar moves the Jets made this past offseason. He's one he's one neat, you know, one hit away from I mean he was he was a pretty solid player from Minnesota. I think they signed Josh McCown knowing he was going to probably be the backup to Teddy Bridgewater. Everyone else saw it the opposite way. Everyone else saw it. They re-signed Josh McCown to be the starter. Teddy Bridgewater is going to compete with Sam Darnold to be the backup quarterback. I think they said, let's put, all, let's put a lot of eggs for a one-year contract, not a lot in terms of money, but into Teddy Bridgewater. We'll sign Josh McCown. He can be a pseudo-quarterbacks coach, can hopefully be the backup quarterback, but if we need him to start, he could start. And at the end of the day, it's all going to benefit the development of Sam Darnold. And I think that's where you're going to see the Jets. And I agree with you. Start with Teddy Bridgewater at the beginning of the year because I think the best scenario for the New York Jets in 2018 is if Josh McCown does not play one snap on an NFL football field. I absolutely think that's the best scenario because, A, you hope it's Teddy Bridgewater that starts. If they're competitive because their defense is going to be really good and Teddy Bridgewater has given them a chance to maybe compete for a wild card spot, then you leave them in. If you go eight games in and they're not competitive – well, then you look at the Giants model with Kurt Cousins and Eli Manning, excuse me, with Kurt Warner and Eli Manning. Hey, you know what? And that was a scenario where the Giants had, a, had an over 500 record, but they just felt the development of Eli was more important than whatever Kurt Warner was going to do with them that season. Eli Manning plays the last, I think, eight games of that season. I think that is absolutely the best scenario if you're the New York Jets going into this season. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm paying 10 million bucks for McCown to be a quarterback's coach. Yes. Start. I'm putting Teddy Bridgewater one. I'm putting Sam Darnold two. I yes. Mean, no offense, Josh McCown. I appreciate your your tenure in the league. All your and I think that's why he resigned with the Jets because he knew he would be that kind of mentor. Almost whereas uh, Fitzpatrick wanted to almost be the player in, in, in that scenario with him and Geno Smith going back and forth those those, those previous years. 
I think Josh McCown knows his role. And I mean, listen, I'll take 10 million bucks to be a, a, a third stringer back up and sit on the bench, hold the clipboard, coach these young, young bucks up, show them the ropes. That's the truth. Because, you know, and, McCown's got a 20-year-old daughter who's just as old as Sam Darnold. And, and the other thing, and he, she apparently loves Sam Darnold, too. And the other thing about that, too, is Josh McCown has really been rumored to want to get into coaching after his career ends. And you got to give the Jets credit for the recognition of what he, what he could do and how he can benefit their organization moving forward. Okay, last thing because we're running out of time here. All right. I got five teams written down right now, and you don't have to elaborate. But I just want to kind of get a little bit of an idea of whether or not you actually think these five teams can get over the hump. All five of these teams have been a playoff team one of the last two years, some of them two of the last two, but have not been able to get over that hump. The Falcons is the first team I'll start with, who obviously is the only team in this group that actually made the Super Bowl. So team number one, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they're all right, Andrew. Are they get over the hump? Uh, I'm going to say... The Julio Jones thing is not a big deal, but I'm going to say no. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, new quarterback. Franchise the, quarterback. Is Let's that see. enough? No. Okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville. Needed Eli Manning last year. Should have traded away to Jacksonville. <clears throat> got to love their defense. They got some weapons on the offense, but I'm going to say no. All right. The Cowgirls. I mean, Ew. boys. No. Whoops. Gross. All right, last one right here. Follow Tony Romo. And aside from Jacksonville, Apparently, I think... If, hold on, Andrew. If you want to be an ESPN anchor or go into television, just be a cowboy because you go right from the game to the booth. Well, then I'm in the wrong profession. Last team, and this one intrigues me the most, I think, going into this year, the Los Angeles Rams. I thought it would be your Dolphins. No. The Rams said, are I interesting. Said, Rams I said over interesting. the hump, Anthony. I said over, not get to the base of the hump. They're just trying to get to the summit. That's it. Uh, you're, that's an interesting pick, Andrew, because they, what, what are they going to do with, with, uh, with uh, what's-his-face, the, the D-end, their big stud? Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald. What are they going to do with him? They have a lot of guys they have to pay. I think they, just, I think they put all their eggs in this, this year, this basket, because this, they're not paying golf. They're like, listen, we're going we're gonna to get Peters, Marcus Peters. We're going to get Ndamukin Sue. We're going to get this guy, that guy, their mother, their father. They have a lot of weapons. Uh, a, a keep to leave they have, right? Two. There you go. Tricky names, but I think they're. I think Los Angeles has made the moves. You got to see if Gurley and, and Goss continue to put out the the offense. But I like that pick, Andrew. I think they're over the hump. All right, so you're so that's the team you actually feel like can probably get to the Super Bowl and compete this year in the NFC. Yeah, as long as they're not playing the AFC, which is going to go to the and, Patriots. And that was my last question, just to finish that, so everyone understands why you're saying no, pretty much to every team, is because the Eng New England Patriots still have Tom Brady. So my guess is that's why you believe the Jaguars aren't going to get over that hump. And that's a stacked NFC with the Philadelphia Eagles, with the Minnesota Vikings, with the Saints, with the Panthers, with the Seahawks, with the Rams. I mean, the Green Bay Packers. So it is stacked. So. I agree with you. I think that out of those five teams, I think the Rams might have the best shot because even though it is a stacked NFC, for some reason, I just feel like people aren't putting enough stock in what they did last year, and it's still kind of an underdog role for them. And in the AFC side, Anthony, until the Patriots prove that they're going to lose in an AFC championship game or not be the home seed and, and host that AFC championship game, I just, I just don't believe that anyone's better than them. Yeah, I think this is, the, this is the, definitely the back nine of the dynasty. I think they're probably on hole 17 right now. Yep. So you'll see there's a lot of chirping going on in camp. Is Gronkowski going to play? Is he going to retire? Uh, yep. What's Brady going to do? Belichick, is he losing the locker room? They, 
They have a lot of guys they lost. They signed a few guys, but I think there's just still, uh, like I said, they, they basically have no offense to your Dolphins, but I think they have a cakewalk in the AFC East. They're just going to march their way to the playoffs, and we'll see what happens when it comes yeah. to Andrew. Yeah, another team just has to prove, just like Golden State in the NFL, excuse me, the NBA, that you have to be able to knock them off. Well, I'll tell you what, I had a lot of fun this morning talking a little football and talking a little football. Uh, two, two, two sports that we don't normally get to dive into at this time of year, so that excites me a little bit. Obviously, Anthony, make sure you turn on your TV and, and watch your soccer. Try and find another team. Put your bananas on Germany. Go wild for that German squad. And I will be back with you in the midweek to continue this lovely Double A Balls podcast. Andrew, tell your friends, tell your friends, subscribe, download, do all you got to do. Hit us up on the DMs. Give us, give us some questions. We're lonely, people. Hit us up. Give us something to talk about. I love all of you. It's going to be a great weekend. We got U.S. Open, World Cup, baseball. It's just a sports phenomenon right now. Let's go, Andrew. Take us away. DAABpodcast.com at AA Balls on Twitter and on Instagram, PowerArmPerformance.com for the gear, and of course, iTunes, Podbean, and Anchor. However, you subscribe and listen to your AA Balls podcast. I am Andrew Romanella. That is Anthony Rinaldi. This is the Friday Morning Dab, episode number 10. We are the AA Balls podcast, and we are out. This has been the Double A Balls podcast, powered by Power Arm Performance, your leader in baseball and softball training apparel. Visit PowerArmPerformance.com to get your gear and begin training the Power Arm way today. The lonest owner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the day and night. The lonely loner seems to free.